Hello and welcome to the Back Four Football Podcast. This show focuses on our four supported clubs as well as results and news from all around the Premier League. What a better place to start than the West Ham Tottenham game. As you can tell by my perky voice today, I'm quite chipper. I should have got my dad on. He's complete opposite to you. Oh, but is he, is he still sulking? Uh, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. It will, it will get after, but I think he saw it. He saw it happen. He jinxed himself. As soon as the first goal went in, he was like, "Here we go." He jinxed himself. Well, really. Leon was spot on, and like he's you know texting me and I'm texting my mates and I'm you know it gets to 3-0 and I'm thinking Jesus this is going to be really really embarrassing here. and then uh, I've texted my mates and I've just said to them you know at what point do we turn this off mm. and one of them come back and said 4-0 I said yeah I'm I'm with you on that that's oh, that's it I'm done but I can't watch it anymore and Leon's like no 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 you're going to get something out of this game I can see it coming and I'm thinking behave mate what are you talking about <laughs> and then the comeback yeah. Was, it la- was it last 10, 15 minutes, was it? Or yeah, last 10 minutes? Got the first one in like the 81st or the 82nd minute. So it's yeah. like the last eight when, minutes. When it gets to 83 minutes and you're 3-0 up, I've never seen a lead slip. I'm like, okay, they get a consolation and that's it. First time it's happened, John. Yeah, I um, read that. Yeah. It's the yeah, only time in history that a team yeah. will come back so late in the game to actually yeah. pull, pull something back. Yeah, first time. And yeah, th- even 3-0 isn't safe now. You need to go for four. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just been such a crazy season, hasn't it, already? And it's just like, you just mm. cannot rule anything out. Like, even, like, I was watching the Leeds game last night. We'll come, obviously come on to that in a bit. But, you know, they're 1-0 down with, you know, seven minutes to go. And I'm thinking, no, nah, it ain't coming back. But then you watch, you know, what West Ham did. And you think, they could, they could win this. Yeah, you you never know, yeah. do you? I don't know if that's got anything to do with the fans not being there or not. I have, I have no idea, but... Um, well, they had, they had a chance to make it 4-2, but Bell missed. That was... Yeah, they had, was a great yeah. they had a great chance, yeah. That was um, it. But no, well no, one thought, no one thought at that time that was, like, important. Mm, yeah. Kane hit the post as well, didn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that would have been his at-trick, wouldn't it? That was a decent strike from outside. That would have been 4-0 as well. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I did say to Aaron yesterday with that game, you know, West Ham were coming back into it. Obviously, um, when they were freeing it up, obviously Tottenham would would have been very comfortable. But you know, I've looked at even the stats afterwards. Um, you know, looking at the game and um, what I can see, um, um, I think Tottenham had um 52% of possession. Um, but all the other stats, shots on goal. Um, territory in the game, um, corners, everything were in favour of West Ham. Um, so it was deserved in the end. Um, it was fully deserved. Um, and the actual third goal what actually, actually ended up being goal of the season already. You know, yeah, I, I don't know if anything else. And never scored another one like that. Oh, it was a rocket, right? Literally. And, cut, and it wasn't like a pure strike. He cut across it as well. Yeah. He had to cut across it though. Yeah. Because there was defenders coming in in front of him as well. You know, it was a great um, um, defensive clearance at the header from Kane. So they've done everything right, really. Tottenham. It's just so obviously he has just hit it absolutely cleanly. It's just like you said, I think, one of, 
One of the commentators said it reminded him of uh, Iniesta when he scored against Chelsea in the uh, yeah, Champions League. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. similar. He it, cut it, across it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Similar scenes as well. They went, they went mad afterwards as well. But, you know, yeah, it, was, it was such a great goal. I mean, I, I mean, apart from the Tottenham fans, I reckon everybody enjoyed it. I did. Um, mm. Two reasons. One, I, obviously, I, I predicted that West Ham would get something out of that game. I, I just felt it. Um, I, I knew that obviously, obviously, um, obviously, two weeks ago, Tottenham obviously tore us apart. But I also knew that was a, a bit of a false result. Um, and I also know that Tottenham, sorry, so West Ham are very, very much a tough, tough team right, right now to play. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all that um, they got something in the end. Just, um, just the circumstances, and I don't think anybody could have predicted. Like, what, what, were, what were your bets looking like then for that game, Leon? Um, well, I, I had, I had the draw. Um, I went, I went for off. one one though. I didn't think it would be three three. I thought it would be one one. Um, but because obviously I'd stuck my neck out and I was insisting that West Ham would definitely get something from that game, even when it was two 0 down, I was saying they'd definitely get something. Three nil. I said it, and I had started to lose belief, thinking, you know what, this is not going to happen. Um, I saw the way Tottenham are playing. Um, if I'm honest, I think Tottenham are probably playing the best football in the league at the moment as well, especially going forward. Um, You're not watched us this season. <laughs> you guys are playing good football as well, but I think overall, I look at Tottenham and I still think you know they're going to be they're going to be really strong. You know, I mean, Bale missed that chance, but you know, I mean, the skill that he's shown to even get that chance, I was thinking, yeah, you know, if he can keep that up, you know, I mean, for me, um, Son's probably the best player in the league at the moment. I don't think anyone's playing better yeah. than him right now. Um, so you, you add that and Harry Kane, that Tottenham are going to be a, a real force, I think, this season, but. Um, that's like I said, West Ham are going to be really tough. You know, you come back like that now, they they, they should have some belief to, like, to take that on into the next few games. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I wouldn't be looking to, forward to play West Ham anytime soon if I was anybody. Yeah, I, I, I won't mind watching the uh, the next game for West Ham, to be fair. City up next. If, yeah. uh, if it's anything like that Spurs game, it'd be a great one for the neutrals. Like. Um, the thing is, I think, obviously, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but City normally... Like turn you over and pretty comfortable in the last few games when they play like you know, um, City. I don't know if they've lost their spark or anything, but I, I know there's a little bit of a fear factor. What seems to, have, I don't want to say that it's, it's gone because obviously they still got great players there and stuff. But you know, do you fancy yourself in that game or what? I wouldn't say I fancy us, but you know, I think we're probably in probably the best possible position we'd like to be going into that game. You know. Mm. We've got two massive wins. We've just come back from that. If we're going to play the big teams, I'd rather play them now. And we've got, obviously, Liverpool straight after that. So, let's just get them done, get them out of the way. If we can, you know, nick points, then I think that's good results. I think, you know, as long as we don't, don't get smashed by, by both of them, which, you know, hopefully won't happen because of the form we're in. So, yeah, if we could just nick a, nick a couple of points from there, I think and then we're on to... Fulham after that so you know we start playing teams where we should be sort of looking to be expected to win really those kind of games so yeah I mean seven points I think we've got so far which is you know probably like four or five more than I thought we'd have at this stage you know with the yeah. run of games that we got so um, yeah I'm happy we just need to keep the momentum going I think and nick, nick those points against those big teams but we're playing well. If you look, if you look at the uh, the players that City have got out at the minute as well, you stand your best chance at any time during this season to actually go there and nick a point. Is it um is it at home or away that game? West uh, West Ham City. You know? West West Ham are at home. 
rest of them at home. It's just that I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the last few times I've seen City go to teams like West Ham, I think even Liverpool as well, and they've gone there and like won like fours and five five ones and big scores anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know. I say it again. I think I think David Moyes is. Um, He's got he's got something going there. It's that it's, it's that old Everton feeling, you know. And we see the underdogs, and they seem to play that card really well. Um, and we see they soak up the pressure, then they hit you, and they hit you hard. Um, and you know they showed it against Tottenham. I mean Jose Mourinho, I found it very funny. You know he he tried his best not to play in Tottenham, but they crumbled in the end. You know it wasn't like you know West. As I said, if you look at the stats, West Ham, you'll see they're all in favour of West Ham. You know, and they were they, they really were pushing Tottenham towards it to the point that obviously, like I said, it was Harry Kane heading the um, the corner. He was everyone was behind the ball in the end. You know, <laughs> so I know they had good chances. Um, obviously Tottenham to kill off the game, but that was only on the counter attack, and that would always happen. Obviously, you know, if a team's pushing so hard to come forward. So fair play to West Ham. You know, as I said, you know, um, got a little, got a little, um, little system going there. Um, and for, considering they're playing, I think it's five at the back. They do get forward really well. So, yeah. Staying on West Ham then, we did get one transfer over the line. Um, now the championship window's shut, and that was said Ben Rama. Um, it was supposedly meant to be a permanent deal, but he had some medical, uh, some issues, cut sharp on his medical. Um, so we went in late and actually reworked the deal. So it's ended up being a loan deal. Um, I think it's five mil up front. Uh, 20 million um, with a fee at the end of the season, which is an obligation to buy, providing that we stay up again. So similar to the Suchek deal and also providing that this um, issues on his medical aren't there um, come at the end of the year. And then there's a further five mil of instalments after that. So it's a total of around 30 mil. Um, he wasn't registered in time for the Spurs game, which is why he didn't play. Um, he's probably going to be in the City um, squad for the, for the game against City. Um I'd imagine he probably doesn't start because you don't really want to be changing, you know, a team that's picking up good results. So um, who would who would he come in for if he does start? Uh, I'd probably think it's either going to be. I mean, you'd either put him out wide for Masuaku, but the thing is, Masuaku, you know, although he's not great at defending, it's still more naturally a you know he's gonna he's more of a natural um, defensive player than than Ben Rama. You know, Ben Rama's an attacking player. So do you want to be playing him in left wing back position? Probably not. Otherwise more likely it's gonna be four now so he's sort of tucking in um on the left at the minute. So I think that's probably who whose position's up for grabs. Um so yeah. Um moving on to the other games then. Um, we'll move on to Manchester United. So, Leon, big win against Newcastle, score-wise anyway, and probably for Ollie. 4-1, three late goals as well. How how's you feel, how'd you feel about that game? Um, well, I, I said to you, obviously, you know, um, United could win that game. Um, we had to win that game. And, you know, um, Ollie seems to be getting this little knack. You know, he's almost like a box, you know, like when he's on his last legs and he's like, he, Every time he seems to be like just about to go go down, you know, he comes back with that with that punch. Um, I have to be pleased with the way they played. You know, overall, he made he made some shot calls as well. Um, I wasn't I wasn't um, if I would have picked the team myself, I probably wouldn't have thrown Dan James in there. But you know what? To be honest, I thought Dan James had probably one of the best games he's had for us in a long time. You know, he didn't do lows, but what he did, he was very effective. You know, he kept the ball well. 
Um, he actually attacked um, the Newcastle defence on numerous occasions. Unfortunately, his end product wasn't wasn't that great, but um, it was it was really involved, and and everyone seemed to be really. I thought we kept the ball well as well. Um, really happy to see Harry Maguire get a goal. Um, I probably would have dropped Harry Maguire if I'm going to be honest. Um, um, but you know, he, he played him, and you know, it ended up being the, the right decision. Um, the the only um downside is obviously it took us so long to have to obviously um to kill them off. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the game is for 90 minutes, so it doesn't matter when you score, as long as you score the goals. Um, and they were good goals. I mean, there was a, I think I thought the Bruno Fernandez goal was brilliant. Um, I still saw some things on the pitch that I wasn't happy with. You know, I, I still think there's um still think there's problems behind the scenes. Bruno Fernandez for me didn't seem just didn't seem himself. I, I was I knew he was going to miss the penalty. I could see it. His body language was, was just was off. Um, and the penalty he took, and everyone said it was a great save. It was it was a great height for the keeper. He just literally just I think he just took the penalty. Obviously, like um. Without really any any real conviction, he just he just hit the ball. Um, keeper saved it, um, but that seemed to wake him up because after that he scores a fantastic goal um, and a brilliant assist for um, for Rashford. Um, oh yeah, and obviously Aaron Wan-Bissaka gets a goal as well. Great finish. Um, he needs that so much because obviously his confidence had gone down, um, and I, I still see um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka as probably the best right back, um, especially defensively anyway in the league. Um, it's got a lot to um, say to learn going forward, which um, is funny because it, I, 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 I've heard that Aaron Wan-Bissaka used to be a right winger. Um, and he's, he's just not been showing it for us. But, you know, um, I still think that, that, that he's got the capability of um, of like supporting in, in attack um, a lot more. He gets up there. He just doesn't seem to have the confidence at the moment. But I think that goal could stand him in good stead. Um, I'd like to see him shooting more. Now we know he can shoot. Obviously, now as fans and even as players, we know that he could actually shoot like that because that, you know, it wasn't just a lucky shot. He really you know, gave it something and, and placed it really in the top corner. And we want to be seeing more of that. So, yeah, all in all, it's, um, it's a good game from our point of view. Um, and, you know, obviously, we've got some massive games coming up. Obviously, tonight, obviously, we'll speak about um, obviously tonight's game. Um, and then next week, we've got Chelsea again, which is another huge game for um, well, for both teams, really. Okay, elsewhere, Chelsea. Um, John, another three-three draw. Um, it's it's a curse. It's, it's that logo. Away. It's that yeah. logo on our top. It's a curse. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> get rid of that logo. It's awful as well. <laughs> yeah, another th- yeah, another three-three. Um, what can I say? Um, good at top, uh, but I think yeah, at the other end. We're still um, well. I think we were without um, Mendy and Silva, so uh, you could you could have Messi and Ronaldo up top. But if you have Kepper in goal, you're going to leak. And uh, and we did like literally. I think I saw uh, one of the goals was just like um, uh, it was an awful back pass from Zuma, but he was in literally two minds of of what to do with it and did neither. And just gave away just a silly goal. So it's, it's it's basics really. So it was just unfortunate that Mendy picked up a knock in internationals and that ruled him out, sort of thing. I would have stuck Caballero in, but I don't know. I think he's trying to give him one more chance, and I think that was it. You can't give him another chance if 
if, if he if he got beat by two good goals, then yeah, okay, we set the point. But it was two mistakes, and it was his mistakes. So what yeah, can you do? I think I think you've summed it up well there. You know, like yeah. you you know, it's almost last chance for him. And and thing that is, was like, that was Leon, Leon says it all the time. He's completely right. It's all about confidence, especially when you're a goalkeeper. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you continue to make mistakes. You know, how are you going to recover from that? It just, I mean, I remember Roberto at West Ham, you know, and he was just absolutely useless in between the sticks. And you keep playing him and you just keep conceding silly goals, you know, and you just need to take him out of the team. You know, Caballero, it's not a bad keeper, you know, especially for the team you've got. If you stick him in, just I think we just use him for cup games, really. Well, that's it. He's not not a bad keeper, is he? I mean, I know he's getting on a bit, but he's still. You know, decent Premier League keeper, yeah. I'd say. Um, I think with him sticking Kepper in, it 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 sort of he's still got a like an ounce of faith in him to to put him in when Mendy's um, injured. But with that performance, you're kind of like thinking, oh, why the hell did I do that? Mm. He hasn't he hasn't given me anything, and it's like we, we've taken him out to to get confidence. I think he needs to get confidence elsewhere. He yeah. can't just get confidence by just training with us and then sticking him in when we need him. He needs to get confidence elsewhere, back in Spain, and then get back to his best because he isn't at his best at all. Yeah, maybe a loan move would suit him down. It's got to be, you know? yeah. And then, it, you know, you, you get to trial then. You know, if he if he has an OK season, then maybe yeah. he comes back and, and competes with Mendy. But if he's no good yeah. over there, off he goes. Leave him over there. Yeah, is Mendy out for long then, or is it just a knock? Uh, I think it's just a knock. He was in he was in training for the Champions League. Yeah, he just I think it was just a muscle muscle strain when he was in international. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my god, he's going to put Kepa back in. <laughs> as soon as I see, as soon as I see his name, I'm like, there's a mistake in him, and it's a guaranteed one. Uh, he just needs experience elsewhere, not with us anymore. He he's had his chance. Yeah, and I mean the te- the teams that you've drawn these games to, you know, Southampton, West know. Brom, you know, two teams that you know they'll be thinking that's a massive point for them, yeah. you know, and you conceded three goals and that's four yeah. points dropped now. I, I think the one with West Brom uh, was more of a team effort and it was quite a relief that we got back to three three, but the Southampton should have been dead and buried long before. I don't know how we let them back in twice as well. On on a positive note. Werner looks all right, doesn't he? Yeah, he's scoring. Yeah, scoring goals. Uh, that's that's sort of the main positive. But then overall, it's like, well, we need three points as well. And and you could see it in his posts when he posts after. Even if he like scores a hat trick and we lose, he's still disappointed. So he's still looking out for the team more. And and then him is sort of like a, a bonus in the end. So we he's it's good that he's scoring, but it, it doesn't count if you don't get the maximum points. Yeah. Can I just Wait, ask a question there, though, John? Um, yeah. It's something that I've been touching on from the um, first couple of weeks of um, of the season. Um, do you think that Chelsea are any better this season than they were last season? At coming back and scoring-wise, yes, but defence, we're still the same. We're still we're too top-heavy. We're too top-heavy. I mean, there's me no, personally, there's no I thought, that, I thought that, was, that was Chelsea's strengths last season. They were very good going forward, but they were no good at the back. I mean, I know. There's I think a big... I think the last last season, I think that would have ended a draw or possibly win for Southampton. It's rarely like us last season to get pegged back to two two and then score again 
I think last season with the firepower we had, we could have drawn that or lost it in the last minute. So I think our firepower has just increased, but our defence is like equal or even worse, I think. Sorry, Aaron, just a little bit, because I mean, I've looked at the stats for that game. Um, you know, it wasn't really lucky for Southampton. They were pushing for the entire the entirety of the second half. They were the goals. I mean, the goals. The goals were we handed it to on the on the plate. Probably not the yeah. the play, but the goals were. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought. The, yeah. I mean, obviously, you guys were obviously were clear ahead, and you were playing brilliant at first. <laughs> obviously, once they obviously um they got their um obviously the first goal um mm. that was towards the end of the first half, but the second half that's, that's um, it was mostly Southampton pushing um for the most of that that half yeah. as well. Um, the one, that, the one that got to our heads is the one just before half time. If we went in at the half at two nil, I think we would have sort of hanged on. But that one just before half time, yeah. that I think that got to us. And I, I know, I know, Kep was slightly at fault. I mean, but again, I, I think it's a little yeah. bit harsh on that one. I think that's just a terrible back pass to him. Yeah, but you um, clear it away. You don't. He slid on the ground and let the ball slip past him. It's no, basics. It's, it's basics. He cut. He his decision making is what's terrible. What's he supposed to do there? Because just clear it. That, just clear he, it. If you he, can't if clear you're it, the ball. Yeah, but he doesn't get the ball. There's nothing for him to clear. The ball's short. Play back from Zuma. The, uh, the ball is short, but he does get there. But then it goes past him, and then the Southampton player goes on and then scores. So well, he does get I, there just. Before. I remember. Obviously, I remember Zuma does a short ball that he that the keeper mm. doesn't get. The keeper mm. then tries to come out to try and get the ball, but he's beaten to it by the attacker. But the ball's short. So if the ball's mm. short, I'm not sure where how he's actually I think, at fault. I think they're both to blame as well, because I heard one report of one Chelsea fan saying, what, what is Zuma's reaction? He gives a short ball to Kepa, and then he's annoyed. He should be annoyed at himself for doing the short ball. So it, I think they're both to blame for that. Right, I think that's where, you miss, that's where you miss the experience of Silva. Very naive. We're yeah. very naive. He's and, probably not uh, playing in every yeah. game. Kind of, that's probably the yeah. No, no. Was he injured, Silva, or was he just not playing? Um, I th- see. I think we had a bit of momentum in the last game, and I think the international break has sort of like pegged us back a bit because Mendy picked up a knock. I, th- I don't know if Silva picked up a knock when he was in Brazil, but yeah. I think we had a momentum. If we had a game after the four 0 Palace next week with Southampton, I think the momentum would have been up. I think because of the international break, it, it we kind of just had a reset button and went back to our old ways. Yeah. So, hey, international break is crazy. Has Lampard done anything behind the scenes? I know he's obviously he's bought, you know, Chilwell, Silva, Mendy, but in terms of, you know, the coaching staff, has he done anything, you know, like, I know, you know, he's a midfielder by trade, but has he got anyone sort of on the coaching staff that he's brought in to try and sort it out, you know, whether that be goalkeeper coach or defensive have, coach? He's got Jody Morris beside him, but I don't know what he does. I really, gets, people, I really... gets people sent off, mate. Yeah. It was crying for, with our defence, I don't know what the... The sort of situation was like, but it was crying for to bring in in Terry just to sort out the coaching for our defence. He knows our club like the back of our hand, but I think Villa wanted him more, and I, I don't know if there was ever talks about him. But we need someone like a defensive coach that that knows it and knows Chelsea, and he was sort of the prime candidate. So I don't know if that was ever in consideration. Yeah, 
Well, that's it, and it. I mean, it's all well and good splashing out on new players, but you know, if your fundamental coaching isn't in place, then what's to say those players are going to do any better than the last lot? You know, like you know, the likes of Zuma and Christensen. Okay, they're they're not they're not looked at as as um you know solid defenders like maybe they once were, but they're not bad players really. And the thing is, if you've got that you know coach behind them or you've got that sort of strategy, they could do all right. But you know, even the likes, like I say, even you know, Chilwell played um over the weekend. I didn't actually watch the game myself, so I don't know how he played. But you know, you're getting these new players, and they are they are playing, and you seem to be mm. still sort of in the same trend that you were last year. So it seems yeah. to me there's there's something a bit more wrong that could be maybe tidied up behind the scenes. But yeah, oh. but up, yeah, up the top, I can't really. We're it, it's it's we're gelling quite quickly as uh, we should, but I think it's yeah, it's the basics at the back really. You would think you would think having sort of because um, uh, we haven't really drastically changed the back. You think the back have been together a while now and they would sort out these problems and the top would be a bit erratic um, because they haven't really played uh, as much together. But it's the opposite. It's like the top are sort of gelled together quite quickly. And it's the the ones that have been there that are still doing these problems. So. It's yeah, kind of strange. Definitely needs to sort it out soon, I think. Um, yeah. Moving on to, to Leeds game last night. I actually watched this one. Um, I thought you was a bit unlucky, Kurt, to be honest. I think it was quite a close game. Um, I don't think there was too many chances in it from what I saw, but deflected goal was the winner in the end. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got to go back to what I said last week, really, haven't we? It'll be, it'll be all Leeds possession-wise playing some sexy football, of which I think I've got that bit spot on. Um, I called it 2-1, but a push one all. Um, and it was just a game of opportunities, really. Uh, it reminded me of last season, uh, Leeds on top, creating some some excellent football. Um, Costa down that right-hand side in the first 20 minutes created maybe three opportunities. He was dancing around players for fun. He played absolutely brilliant. I was a little bit uh, shocked when he came off. Um, but yeah, I think it's it was very reminiscent of of last season, creating everything, playing some good football, some Bielsa football, and just not putting our chances away. Um, it, it was one of them days, I think, as you've just said, um, Calvin Phillips there with a with a clip on the head, just to nod that one past Melia, um, who again had an absolutely brilliant game. Um, there was nothing at all he could have done there to. Uh, to save that one. I, I, I don't think he, with his performance, he actually deserved uh, to concede. Uh, it's just it's just one of those, isn't it? I never had the expectation that we'd be unbeaten this season. Uh, a loss, another loss had to come from somewhere. Um, I don't really see that that first game of the season, that Liverpool game as a loss because we took so much from it, although we didn't take take any points. But there was a lot more to come, come back from that. Um, Wolves, I mean, they, they were they were great across the pitch. We kind of penned them in for the first first forty five minutes. I, I don't don't really remember them having too much of the ball in the first half, um, but they came out like a like a different team in the second, uh, and, and and actually put it on us a bit more. Um, but I think the stats show show how the game went really. Like we had 13, 14 shots, I think it was, but only two on target. Um, if if you're creating all those opportunities, a you need to be in the target. And, uh, and B, you need you need to be putting some of them away. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like the first half, it, it was all leads. I mean, Wolves weren't um, even in the game for me, to be honest with you. Um, 
in, you know, you just didn't really have the end product, did you? And then the second half, obviously, he's he's done a done a probably a bit of a kick up the backside team talk, and they they were played really well for 20 minutes. I think Wolves they got the goal, and it seemed to have woken you up because I think you went asleep for for about 20 minutes in the second half, and then you know conceded, but then trying to bring the game back. It, and again, it was Leeds again on top for most of it, from what I saw. So. But yeah, you're right. You didn't take chances. I thought your keeper had a good game. I think he's had quite a few good games this season, actually. Um, yeah. One. Um, go on, mate. Go on. No, I was just going to say there was a, as you say, like it took us 20 minutes to get woken up, and then after the, after the goal, there was a there was a sub that that uh, that was made. Pablo Hernandez came on, uh, which was great for Leeds fans. Actually, knowing that he's back from his injury, um, it was good to see him back in. But it was a weird substitution for me. They've swapped. They've swapped a. Like a central attacking midfielder, very technical and creative out for um, for Pascal Stroik, uh, who was playing at centre back for us last night. Um, I, I don't know whether that was a formation change. I'm assuming it was, um, but the way that we played after that substitution was was absolutely brilliant. It was just a bit of a bit of a weird substitution for me, to be fair. Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, I think he switched to three at the back when he made that sub because it looked like you'd, you'd gone sort of for a bit of a back three and push, yeah. push more up um but yeah like you say good to see him back anyways you know another um creative player to have on the pitch especially in the in the league more chance you create the better right yeah definitely i mean not not just going forward as well um but but our back back four as it was when we started i think had an absolutely brilliant game um Aylin was probably man of the match for me um right back pressing up um, all the way up into the opposition box. And uh, when Traore came on, Stuart Dallas, I mean, if you look at the size comparison of them, any any teams playing Wolves anytime soon, they just need to get a skinny Irish white man there to, to mark out <laughs> Traore, I think, because he absolutely dominated him all the way through that, uh, that, that last 20 minutes when Traore came on. Yeah, I'd say what I like Traore. I think he's such a good player, but... Um... Like, well, I think he always plays well against West Ham, but he's just, you know, he's a physical specimen, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's a, yeah, such a tough player to play against. But yeah, you're right. I don't think there's really much for you to be upset about, other than the fact you you lost the game. Really, I think you played okay, but like you say, you didn't take chance, and they've they've nicked one. So, um, on to the next one, mate. Yeah, as I say, mate, still very positive. Never expected us to win every game. Um, as long as as long as we keep playing how we play. Um, and keep taking it to teams. I, I think we will more than often come away with points. Um, I was listening to Jimmy Floyd Asselbank last night, um, saying that after that after that goal went in, uh, we don't need to be pushing. We don't need to be attacking. Like we should have. Sorry, before that goal went in, we should have just sat back for the last twenty minutes, uh, and, and we probably would have taken a point. But I, I don't see it myself. Like that's that's not the type of football we played for the last two years. Even at four nil up, we would have still been pressing for a fifth. Um, and I think as the season rolls on, that'll be more to our benefit than than uh, than his suggestion last night of sitting back and trying to claim a point. Yep, no, you're right, mate. I agree with you. Um, on to other results. In it we had quite a few big games around the weekend. We'll turn our attention first to the uh, City Arsenal game. Um, one nil win for City. Um, did anyone watch that game? Uh, I know I did. I thought Arsenal did okay, to be honest. Um, I didn't w- watch. I watched some of the highlights of the game, um, and it kind of went the way that I, I expected it. Obviously, you know, City would come out, get the early goal. It's exactly the same thing I've been I've been saying now. I've been saying it obviously off off, off air for um for a few weeks. Um, they, they come out, 
they get the early goal usually, you know, and then you just got to hang in there. Those first 20, 30 minutes, and, you know, and as long as you're not too far away from them in the scoreline, you haven't just got a chance of coming back. You've got a chance of actually winning the, the, the game overall. Um, Arsenal, obviously, they've got they've got obviously a good good system at the moment. It's you know um, the, the setup is, is obviously is quite defensive. I'm gonna be honest, but you know, um, you know they, they all know they all know their jobs um, and, and know exactly what they need to do. And and in the end, obviously, what they start to do then is obviously chipping away at, um, at Man City. You know, um, they should have scored really from what I could have saw. They should have scored and probably could have got something out of the game. Um, had they scored one goal, I think. I think City would probably would have crumbled. Um, I didn't want to say it before that I don't know, but it's almost like, I mean, the bubble hasn't burst with City, but I just feel like it's getting there. I just don't feel like they've got that, um, you know, the fear factor where City were just going out and just wiping teams at like fours and five nils. Maybe it will come as the season go on because they've still got terrific players. You know, Guardiola is, is obviously one of the best managers in the world. Um, but I just... I know they've brought players in, but I just still feel like, I don't know what it is, I just still feel like you can still get at City. I think um, it's not to give City that respect that you saw over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, well, I think it is. Like, you see how, um, how Leeds were penned in for the first, what, 20 minutes. It, it was going to look like an onslaught. Yeah. Um, and, and after the game, I think it was Aylin that came out and said, look, we, we gave him too much respect in that, in that first yeah. 20 minutes. And when, when teams actually go out there and play their football against them, like, saw, they don't yeah. look like that special side anymore. So exactly. This and, and you know it's the same thing for Arsenal. I mean, they started to they grew into the game and and, and teams are starting to do. I don't know if if, it's, if they've worked them out or anything. I'm not sure what it is, but you know teams are starting to you know like they're not just like not throwing everything at City or anything silly like that, but they are starting to work out a way of how to um to play them. It's almost like countering City's tactics. I mean, at the end of the game, you know, you listen to the two managers, Guardiola. And um, and Arteta, Guardiola is still, you know, he's still complaining about the, the, the lack of pre-season. We're still not almost there. They've won the game, whereas Arteta's talking about, you know, he was very positive, you know, like, you know, how high up the pitch they played. Um, you know, and, you know, he was really pleased, you know, but the fact that, you know, that they they seem to really give City a game. And it was only 1-0, you know, and, you know, and, OK, City was probably slightly the better team overall, but he wouldn't have been... Watching the game, if Arsenal would have got some from, from the game, we couldn't have said it, it wasn't deserved. They had chances in the game. Um, you know, they, they were still tight and they weren't getting torn apart or anything like that. I mean, at the beginning of the game, as I said, but that's the same with every City game. They do that to every team. Um, and I, I think one or two goals behind, I know two is quite a bit, but if you just one or two goals behind from um, City, um, 30 minutes into the game, you've still got a chance of winning. You only need to get one against them. And then after, they... They just seem to, they don't have a plan B. And that's something that all Guardiola teams have been um, have been uh, guilty of. They don't seem to have a plan B. They have plan A, plan A works very well. But if you counter plan A, then, you know, you've got a chance of beating them. Um, and that's just the way I feel at the moment. So, um, you know, we'll see what's happened with it. Um, obviously, they, they've got, um, they brought a new defender in from Benfica. We'll see what, what happens with him, if uh, obviously, if he can, like, tie it up at the back. Um, but I, I'm I'm just not sure at the moment with them. I mean, they're still going to be a great shout for the league um, because they'll obviously win a lot more games than they will drop points in. Um, but you know, I, yeah, I, I think Arsenal were, um, were were slightly unlucky. But again, part of their own, they just didn't take the chances that they had. They had chances in the game to get something from it, and they didn't take them. So for that reason, obviously, you know, you have to give it to City deserved winners. But Arsenal could have got something. 
Yeah, I think I think <laughs> Arsenal played well. To be honest, I think um, you know if I was an Arsenal fan, yeah, you've lost against City, um, you know, but I'd be a bit happier than maybe like you know a year or two ago when you know you Arsenal going in against the likes of City and, and Liverpool. You know, they are the underdog and there are seen, you know, there are perceived to be that step below. Whereas mm. the performance I think they put in against City, they were on level terms. You know, like exactly. City, it could have gone either way. And they played well. All right, City had a little bit more of a ball, but chances shots wise, it, it yeah. really it was it, it was similar in a sense to maybe maybe not um compare it to the Leeds game, but Leeds game had one one goal in it. And really, either team could have won that game, albeit Leeds were probably the better side for a longer period of time. The Arsenal-Man City game, it was very even throughout the game. But yeah. Man City got that goal. You know, they they created the chance, they put it away. Arsenal yeah. didn't. But, you know, I think they'd be quite pleased, like you said, with Arteta. You see positive signs. They're, you know, they're getting used to how, he's, how he wants them to play now. And I think, you know, they, they should be in for a, a decent season. Maybe this isn't the season to obviously challenge, but... If they can at least solidify their place nearer the top, you know, try and get pushed for that top four again, and then yeah. next year see where they go. But yeah, I I wouldn't be too upset if I was an Arsenal fan, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think they are the Arsenal fans. I think they can see something. I've obviously I've touched on it before, um, you know, and there's definitely something obviously a bit building there. You know, it, it, it's 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 a good it's a good tactic. You know, get get things right at the back. Um, Arsenal have always had this, um, you know, we've all. Well, see them as like it used to be a bit of a soft touch um and, and Arteta seems to he's literally quickly gone in there and just eradicated that they're not a soft touch anymore um you know I mean, they're, they're very much they're tough to play against and then they've got quality players who, who, who nick it um so yeah they're a team to they're a team they're definitely a team to watch out I mean I, I've said it this season is, is is almost silly season and you know I don't want to give the Arsenal fans too much praise, but they're probably going to love it but you know I wouldn't be surprised if pragmatic football ends up winning the league this year. Um, there's, there's so much what's happened, you know. Obviously, you know. Obviously, we'll, we'll come on to Liverpool shortly. But, you know, you, you're looking at teams; they're all conceding goals. I don't know what Arsenal's conceded, but I wouldn't be surprised if out of all the top teams of what we normally have, they probably conceded the least. Um, and that that could um, that could count for something in the end because everybody else is shipping goals like for fun, um, and, and they're not. Um, so you know, so of course, obviously they've lost against Liverpool and City now, um, but everyone's going to lose games this year. That's, that's I mean, everyone's going to lose. This, this, this could be nothing like last year, where obviously we well, already Liverpool have already shown it. No one's going to go on that run of winning about twenty games in a run. That's not happening this year. This year is going to be, um, it's, it's going to be very exciting for, the, um, for neutrals anyway. Let's put it like that, um, and it's going to be really unpredictable. You know, you, you've got obviously you've got Chelsea that they, they, they're they're letting in goals, um, but they're looking fantastic going forward. Um, they can win any game. They can lose any game. Um, United have obviously we we had a terrible start, but then we played well. I mean, does that mean we can win our next game? We don't know. Um, then you've, you've lost. Obviously, they've lost a couple of games, but they're the only team at the moment. They're probably defending the best in the league. Um, in terms I just of I just checked on the league, and uh, I think. Uh, apart from, I think Arsenal in the top two have conceded the least. They've conceded six so far, but Aston, Aston, Villa, Aston Villa have only conceded two. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, uh, not no disrespect to Aston Villa, but they're just like you know. Well, they, they must be getting nosebleeds up there. No, they they, they do. They obviously, they're doing well. 
Um, it's almost like you know we we have a race, you know, you know someone carries the baton at the beginning. You, you expect Aston Villa to drop off at some point, don't we? Um, They're you know, the pacemakers. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> I, I can't see them being there. You have got to look at your team. So Arsenal only conceding six, um, six goals. Um, and the Arsenal fans will know this. So they're keeping quiet at the moment, but they'll all know this at the moment. They're keeping it tight, and that that could really count in in the end. Um, so yeah, I'm keeping it close. Do you, do you reckon they Arsenal started with a with a right top three at the weekend, um, like Obama Young, Willian, and Pepe? Because I think they could have been missing Lacazette with the chances that they created, um, and the first two subs that, uh, that that was made there on an Arsenal side was Lacquer on for Willian and uh, and Ketier on for Pepe. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you have to look. Pepe is their record signing. Um, you know, and if he's going to do turn into anything, he's got to start playing now. Um, so I, I just see why they're throwing him the in there. Type of game to actually throw him into. I, mean, well, I don't mean throw him in. He's he's started enough games already, but I, I don't think I don't think that was his. I don't think that was his game to start. To be honest, I mean, I, I prefer personally myself. If I'm thinking about it on paper, that's probably the best front three that they should have. Lacazette and um, Aubameyang, you know that. I know Aubameyang can play out on the left, and he's great. Obviously, we've seen the goals that he can score out there. But I do like him down the middle. The only reason probably why he plays on the left is just to accommodate Lacazette because he can't play anywhere else. He's a centre forward. Um, I, I think they were saying in the game uh, they bought him uh, Aubameyang, Aubameyang more central because he was just getting marked out of the game by Walker. I think Walker was too quick for him. But when they bought him inside, he had a bit more pace against their centre backs. There you go. So that's so it's, it's a tactical, um, obviously, um, decision. Um, so it's I, I see where you're going with it, um, obviously, Kurt. You know what I mean? But I I don't think it's a bad decision, obviously, because if you look at it like that, I'm assuming William probably played. I didn't watch the whole game, so I'm assuming William goes on the left and he can cut in. Um, Pepe obviously plays on the right and he can cut in. Then you've got um, Uber through the middle. Um, on paper, that's 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 quite that should be a good attacking um, you know, trident, but you know. Um, yeah, I, I think Pepe's got to start doing more. As I said, he's their record signing, you know. Um, I, you know, I've, I've made a lot of jokes about what he's done. He's talented. I can see he's very talented, but, you know, um, he's got to start doing more. So I can see why the manager's throwing him in. And, you know, if he, he, he's he gone off, he, I don't know. He didn't really do much, did he? Um, so, you know, if he if, if he doesn't, he'd probably get another game and then you might see him getting dropped down just back to the cup games. Um, and he could end up getting sold in the end. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Another big one over the weekend, there was a Merseyside derby. A um, lot of talking points in that game. Um, we'll start um, with probably Everton's performance. I think it was probably one of the more competitive Merseyside derbies we've seen in recent years. Um, anyone watch that game? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I said Everton had a fantastic chance before the game um, started. Um, and then I think two minutes into the game, the one nil down. I'm thinking, here we go again. It's just Everton again, just literally just lying down for um, for Liverpool. Um, but it did well. They, obviously, they, they they fought back into the game. Um, great goal by um, Keane, good header. Um, Calvert Lewin um, for me um, after Son, um, most informed striker at the moment. I mean, I, I don't know his most because I think Kane's playing great as well, but. I mean, his header was fantastic. I mean, how high did he get really to get on that? Um, 
So, yeah, so from Everton's point of view, all good. Um, Liverpool, I thought Liverpool played well in that game, to be fair. Um, it's, it's, it's the reaction that the manager wanted. Um, I wouldn't have thought they were brilliant. I mean, Klopp came out and said it's the best game they've played that um, um, at Goodison like, since he's been manager. Um, that's probably just for the fact that the games have been rubbish. They've been rubbish over years gone by. Liverpool were, were good, but they weren't brilliant in that game. Um, Everton did have their chance as well and could have won it. Um, but in the end, Liverpool should have won the game. I'm sure when we get round to VAR, we'll get into it. Liverpool should have won that game. I thought that was a legitimate goal for me. Um, and obviously, they're very unfortunate with obviously um, with the Van Dijk one. I thought that was a um, terrible challenge. Um, you know, I don't know why he's not sent off in the game. And obviously, you know, but if it's missed, it's missed. My my um, thing well, is... It, it, it doesn't make sense to me because... You know, like the the reason they're saying they didn't look at it is because it was offside beforehand. But yeah. the thing is, regardless of that, yeah, I think he's genuine. The both players, Pickford and Van Dijk, have both gone to play the ball. But if you're a keeper and you're diving in like that, and he's yeah. completely missed the ball, he's got to go. You know, that that's that's potentially a career-ending injury. Now. <laughs> Well, he's, he's, like, he's potentially out for the whole of his season. Well, that's it. He's, he's, done, he's done his ligaments, hasn't he? He's done an ACL. Yeah, seven that's or eight probably months. the worst injury you can get in football because yeah. how many players? How many players come back from that injury and are the same? I can't mm. think of anyone that's come back yeah. and they're the same player. Yeah, so you know, he's on top of his game, Van Dyke. Yeah. Not only is he now out for the season, is he ever going to be the player he was? Yeah, I mean, I really, I really hope he is. You know, what I mean, I like Van Dyke, and you know, I, I, I spoke about it about half time with one of my friends, um, and I called him up. I said straight away, "That's a red card. He should have gone." And he was saying to me, "Well, maybe it could have been a yellow." And I was like, a "Yellow? It's, it's a red card." But I, I think at the time, you know, he hadn't really reviewed it as himself. He was more concerned with the game. Obviously, he's a Liverpool fan, and I was just saying that no, he, he's got that's it's, it's, it's a terrible challenge, and I and I agree with you, Aaron. You know, it's a really bad challenge. I don't know. I don't know the rules of the game that much to know whether, you know, once the offside, does that overrule um, the fact that it should be sent off? This is something that, you know, it could be done with that brought out, you know, um, so everyone could know, is that part of the rules so we can all just, like, accept it or not? But, you know... I think um, the referees also need to use a bit of common sense here. You know, like, they, they've reviewed this since and they've, they've turned around and said there's going to be no action. Yeah, How exactly. can you turn around and say there's going to be no action? Yeah, you know, you should have been, you know, even if they didn't catch it in the game, which is one thing, they've hadn't reviewed it after the game. Yeah. That's a red card and that's a free yeah. match ban. All right, I've seen ridiculous things online, you know, oh, banning for the season and all this kind of stuff. He went for the ball. It was a bad challenge. He should have been sent off. Free game ban, but you know they've had an opportunity now to review that. I've turned around and said they're not going to do anything, and you know we'll talk about VAR now. And you know it, it seems to me it's, it's how they're getting things wrong all the time. You know, like the offsides with the millimeters—that's one thing. But the actual, you know, challenges like this. At the end of the day, the technology's there, but the referees and the people behind it are the ones still making the decisions. And I think, you know, it comes down to our referees at the top level just aren't good enough. You know, how, if the fans can see it week in, week out, how are these people making these decisions consistently and badly? I mean, know? for me, like uh, Bamford for us last season um, picked up uh, a red off the back of 90 minutes. I think it was the next day, actually. If you Do you remember the uh, the Villa game where Bielsa let him, let him take the ball forward and score? 
Um, I remember was, that one, yeah. It was in that game because um, Bamford got uh, one of their centre-backs sent off um, for faking a head put, basically, and deceiving the ref. Uh, and the EFL have then gone back a day or so later after reviewing it and, and rescinded that red card and red-carded Bamford, and he's got a free-game ban. So what's the difference in the rulings here between the Prem and the EFL? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there is any huge difference in those in those types of rules. He sh this should be looked at, and and it sh and it should be a red card. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I agree with you, Aaron. Obviously, you know, um, there should have been retrospective action. Sorry, um, um, for against um, Pickford. I, I I said it. I, I don't know what sort of message that sends out. Um, but you know, I've, I've heard Jerry, Jay McCarragher's come out in defence, and he say, you know, we've got to be very careful of obviously with, with that. You know, um, you know, banning players after games for um, for dangerous challenges. Obviously, Pitford's gone. He has actually, you know, we know he's gone for the ball. If they um, give penalties after the ninety minutes, they can give red cards. Yeah, but that's, that's the, totally the, the problem. The problem is the reason they don't want to do that is because it undermines the referees that are involved yeah. in that game. Now, I'm sorry, I don't care about that. You need to make sure that the decisions are right. And if that referee yeah. can't make the right decision at the right time, yeah. then he doesn't referee that game. You know, the referee's like, not in charge. It's them. He's not in charge. He's just a little puppet. You see, yeah. the, 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 yeah, there's, the um, there's a bigger thing here, obviously. You know, obviously, there's a lot of um, noise around, obviously, VAR. You know, some people are in favour of it. Some people are not in favour of it. Uh, me personally, I think VAR is, um, is a, as Aaron just touched on before, it's a, I think it's a great piece of technology. Um, you know, but the thing is, this 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 notion that VAR was just going to come into the game and all of a sudden, you know, it's just going to make all these decisions, you know, um, and it was just going to be great. It, it was never going to be like that um, because it, it relies on the, um, human intervention. You know, it's humans what are making the decisions at the end of the day. So we have to be looking at these guys who are making the decisions. You know, are they good enough? Are the referees actually good enough at all? Are the guys who are actually watching it in Stockley Park, are they, are they actually good at what, what they're doing? Um, you know, I don't understand. Um, I think Pickford has to be banned. I think, it, I think it was essential that he was banned. So that sort of a challenge could be looked at and say, look, you know, you just can't make that challenge. But like he says, it's, it's potentially career-ending. And if he doesn't end his career, is he going to be the same player when he comes back? We all hope he does. You know what I mean? Because you don't want, you know what I mean? You've got to take away your rabies and stuff away. These guys are human beings and, and they're football players. And we don't want him out of the game. Um, I don't I don't want to hear that, you know, Van Dyke's out of the game. He's, he's, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best defenders that we've had, like in um, in the Premier League. He's been, he's been fantastic. Um, so for him to go out and, and potentially might not be the same player again, you know, just doesn't sit well sit well with me. Um, but, you know, um. I don't think we can be scrapping VAR or anything like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with VAR. We just got to start looking at the rules. Um, you know, um, and it's just the way we use in VAR. Um, they've, they've already um, amended the, the handball rule, which was ridiculous because it was, it was getting silly. Some of the penalties were coming on there. Have they actually amended that now? Then I think I think they've, I've heard they've amended it. Them the handball rule. So it's got to be more, because for some reason it, it was getting too literal. I mean. Obviously, from I I think of obviously Man United because I was at my team, but I, I can't get my head around um, the, the the penalty that Crystal Palace got against um, Lindelof. Lindelof was just running. Now, if you're running, your arms swing. I think everybody knows that. Who runs with their arms by the side? And he's just running in, in the box, and the ball hits his hand, and they give a penalty for it. It's ridiculous. Well, that's the thing. That's it, would, it would have ended up being players playing for it and just purposely kicking the ball at hands because that's the rule and then therefore it's a penalty and that's yeah. just silly 
So yeah, like, so that, was, like, that was our yeah. that was our game against Liverpool. Wanted that's, that's, that's yeah, that's a different game. That Leeds Liverpool game, first game of the season. We take a point from that game if it's not for that that ruling. Yeah, it's 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 all obviously. So they've, they've um apparently they've they've amended the way the handballs are. And if you think about it, obviously you've not heard of any ridiculous handballs in the last couple of weeks. So they'll probably do the same thing with offside. But you know, offside is a really tricky one because you know, um. People were complaining, uh, obviously, you know, about not having VAR before, you know, because they were, it, you know, um, there were players who had been offsides in games, you know, and 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 obviously, you know, um, it wasn't being seen. Now VAR's there, um, we're not, we're now complaining the other way. Oh, it's only just a little bit of um, of his foot, it's only just a bit of his arm. It's getting ridiculous, and, I, and I've done it myself. I've been guilty. You know I mean, you know, I, I still can't even see how Sadio Mane is offside. I can't see it. Um, so, so I think what they've got to do, and I think also as, um, as spectators as well, when they've got to make a rule, and we just got to accept it. And I think that's what the problem really is. We just don't want to accept it. VAR is, is you know, is calling things by millimeters. But what do we want? Do we want it? You know, um, do we want no VAR? Um, and then people are getting offside goals, teams are getting relegated and stuff like that. Or do we want VAR where it's actually catching every single offside? Um, and obviously, then you know, with them complaining that it's taking something away from the game. So I think what what has to happen, I think we've just got to come up with a decision. Um, me personally, I just think that the only way we can probably do it is if again, it still probably would pose problems. Is that if any part of your body is in level with the defender, then that keeps you on side. Um, we then then you then you got to be thinking about well, how much are we talking about? Is, is it millimeters again? So you know. Um, well, I think years ago, I think there was one year where it used to be if your feet are on side but your body could be off, then you're all right. And that would that. make it a lot easier, you know. Or another, if another any part time, of your feet's on side, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I think I, I, I think that's probably the one for me when I say any part of your body. If your feet are on side, um, then you're on side. And, 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 then, and, then, and I think once that happens, I think we have to just accept it. That's the difference between because people are talking about how do rugby get it so um get it so well and football get it so wrong. Well, the difference is it's not that rugby get it so well. Is that those fans accept decisions of the referee and they don't query it the way we do in football. And even more yeah. so, I think the players do as well because like yeah. the back chat that you get in football is yeah, not the exactly. back chat that you get in, in yeah. rugby. They, they, they just they accept the rule. The referee's decision is final. Whoever's reviewing games, the video ref in in rugby as well, those decisions are final. Whereas in football, we're, we're querying it all the time. We're arguing with refs. You know, the fans are complaining. You know, we asked for VAR, and VAR is is here, and it's a fantastic tool. It's picking up things that it wouldn't have picked up before. I remember a Birmingham's goal at Old Trafford last season. Without VAR, that goal, you know, I mean, it doesn't happen. You know, so. VAR has caused loads of things. I mean, Aaron, no, I'm sorry, Kurt mentioned obviously um, the goal after the whistle against um, Brighton. You know, without VAR, right, um, nobody would have saw what Neil Mope did. I didn't see it in the game. All I saw was Harry Maguire head the ball, then he gets headed off the line. And um, I was thinking, oh, he's missed it. You know, Harry Maguire's going mad, but without VAR, wouldn't have saw that. And it was the right call. He ridiculously put his arm right in front of, um, obviously, um, his head and handballed it. So VAR does call a lot of things that we wouldn't have, basically the naked eye doesn't see. So, but obviously we won't focus on things like that. We focus on the negatives um, and where it goes wrong. Um, but yeah, 
so for me, as I said, bar bar's a great tool, and, it, and we, it's just the way we, um, the way humans themselves obviously are, are basically interpreting things because that that's that's what it relies on. It's humans what still draw the lines. Um, isn't VAR what draws like humans draw the lines, um, and then we make the decisions. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, I think obviously I've gone off the subject, but I mean, for me, I, I still think obviously it's, it's it's a great tool if if we could if we can then just obviously make some rules and then us as fans accept it. Um, that will make it a lot easier. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my take on it. Other results in we through those. Um... Villa, 1-0 win against Leicester. So Villa stay um, pushing for the league title after four games. Um, West Brom drew Burnley 0-0, which was a bit of a bore fest from the few minutes I watched yesterday. That that was the first 0-0 of the season. Yes, it was. That's crazy. Yep. Didn't know that. Uh, Sheffield United drew Fulham 1-0 and Palace drew Brighton 1-1. Not too eventful games, so we'll probably just move on from there, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Some good points, though, I guess, for, you know, some of the teams who are probably going to be battling um, at the bottom, picking up some well-needed points. Um, Premier League pay-per-view, then, I guess, is what we, a week or a week and a half into it. Has anyone, mm-hmm. has anyone laid down there? No. Pounds? No. Not a chance. No, never. Leon didn't purchase the Newcastle United <laughs> Um, no, um, funny enough, um, one of my friends, he he purchased it. It's actually a um, guy who owns barbershop, but he, I said to him, you shouldn't purchase it, but then I still went round there and watched it anyway. <laughs> 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 um, but, you yeah, know, um, I, I won't be purchasing that. I'm just out of principle purposes. I mean, obviously, we, um, we pay for our Sky subscription round here, and then we're not paying any more than that. We're definitely not going to pay that pay-per-view one. Well, I think that's just a step too far. Yeah, definitely. I see um interesting story. I think some of you have seen it as well. Newcastle fans, I think Leeds fans did something similar as well, where they yeah. donate their fourteen ninety five to um food banks and sort of other yeah. initiatives, which I thought was a really nice touch and hopefully that's a bit of a middle finger to, you know, the, the pay per view platform. But we need to continue that because doing it once or twice ain't gonna ain't gonna do much. But if you know, they're they're seeing that it's not selling and, you know, people are boycotting it and kicking off about it, then hopefully it will come to an end. So I thought that was really good. I think Newcastle raised 19000 for West End Food Bank, which is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see how much money was actually made, um, like, as you said, last weekend, either by the clubs or the actual providers um, at, at, the, at the two games from this weekend, just to see how much income that's actually generated and where it actually goes to. Because I'm, I'm still not 100% certain that the clubs are raking this money in. I'm just not having it. I'm not sure. I mean, I know you can check on um, on Barb, barb.co.uk, I think it is. Um, they give you all sort of the viewing figures. So you probably about a week week's time or so, you could probably go on there and see how many people actually viewed it. Um, and then you could be able to work out how much money they made. But yeah, I'm not sure about where that money goes. I think it's all a bit up in the air in the minute as to where it's going. And we discussed that last last time, didn't we? Yeah. And then the um, Project Big Picture, we, we spoke about that last week and we've now seen the fallout, which is rightly so. I think, you know, the EFL clubs have rejected the 50 million, um, I think, that they were offered. Um, there was a number of points. One, I think the championship were exempt, so it was only going to be League One, League Two. Um, and also they said um, it wouldn't actually be enough for, to cover the gate receipts that they've, they've lost out on 
um, and also all the other sort of power moves that we we discussed last week. So um, I'm personally glad to see that fall at the first hurdle. But what it has led to is what I think Leon rightly went through last week is the, the need for reform. And I think at least it's now raising those questions. Um, and I saw something from um, Gary Neville. Um, I think his project's called uh, the, the Beautiful Game. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't seen it. What what he said was, um, it was really interesting, actually. I fully agreed with it. I, I'm trying to find the video online, but I can't seem to find it since I saw it on Sky Sports. But he was basically, um, you know, just saying pretty much what, what we and a lot of other people were saying, really, is that the fact that it was a power move by the big clubs, he completely disagreed with them. Um, he, he basically turned around and said that he's worked at the FA. He said the FA are good for the most part, but he said the structure is all wrong. And they're basically, they, they haven't got the funding and they don't have the right structure in the modern game to be able to sort of support, um, you know, the, the football um, pyramid um, that need, you know, that needs a support. And at the minute, they're just not the right body to do that. So his, uh, his body, I think it's called Saving the Beautiful Game. It's got a number of actually really high profile people in there. You've got um, uh, Lord King. Um, you've got, um, so he was the former Bank of England chief. Um, you've got Denise Lewis, Andy Burnham, and there's a few others in there as well. So I think some of them are like ex sort of FA, ex Premier League, that kind of thing. So you've got some really big names in there trying to push it. But basically what they want to do is they, they want to either do it sort of as a, you know, an outside party or an equivalent of, and basically be able to manage sort of that um, reform that's needed all the way down the football pyramid, including football league, non-league and all that kind of stuff to make sure that the clubs are basically financially supported and the, the the playing field is is fairer so i think that one of the points he said was how can you finish you know 20th in england so bottom of the premier league obviously um, and get i think it was like x you know millions upon millions or you finish 21st and win the cha- so first in championship and you get about 7 mil and he said how can you have that huge gulf in money when <clears throat> you are actually finishing one place away. It just obviously the the money is so heavily invested in the Premier League that all of the clubs in the the leagues below that, you know, it's just completely unfair. So, yeah, I'll try and find the video and send it round to you guys and uh, tell me what you think. Um, But I thought it was really good. And at least it's opened those those conversations, I think, which are well needed. Yeah, I think I think the best thing to come out of this um, project big picture is that it's actually it's got people thinking like from from the fans to the government to individual clubs like um there was i i heard of a, a, a report of there was want to be a, a fan-led review um going forward with um i think there was a one of the former sports ministers um was speaking to the bbc saying that it needs to be independent everybody needs to be joined up on this um from the fans all the way up to the chief execs and and it's actually got people thinking because that that project big picture when it first came out was is just about self-preservation wasn't it like we've uh we heard in february i think it was like they're looking to change the champions league into 36 clubs so that means more games for the top six so hence in my eyes anyway why they want to start getting rid of community shield and playing less fixtures in the premier league um it, it was just all about self-preservation but one one thing that I did like uh, that came out of it was the um, did, I don't know if anyone saw the joint statement from 
the supporters trusts from Arsenal, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea and Man U. They just all took a, a, a joined up decision to make the same announcement across the board that even though it was their club supporting this as fans, they, they do not support this one bit and they condemn it, which I, I thought that was quite nice to see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good to see because, I mean, it's those clubs that you've listed are the ones, you know, who have sort of started it anyway. So, um, yeah, it moves us nicely on, Kurt, I think, as well, to a bit of breaking news that that's just sort of happened. Um, I, I know you guys have probably had more of a chance to look at it than me, but what I'm talking about is this European uh, Super League almost. Um, I think, you know, it's been talked about, I think, maybe... a you know, not as seriously as it is now for, for quite a lot of years. Um, but yeah, what what are your guys' thoughts? I know, John, you, you're the one who sort of broke that to, to the group here. So did you want to start? Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was just sitting down having some lunch and it uh, came on. And uh, I think I was watching a YouTube channel like weeks ago and they were kind of hit, but I, I never thought it would um, sort of come into, um, into play as much now and I, I think if it does go through I think there's only one stopping block and I think it's UEFA and if if UEFA put their foot down then I don't think it would go through but if they if if it goes through I think it would just demote the Champions League and the Europa League will be non-existent and uh, there's no sort of I think it's been leaked but there's no sort of structure to how teams actually um uh, like qualify for this uh, European Premier League. I think at the moment they want, um, they are asking, they're inviting sort of the big clubs to come in. So I, th- I think it's just if you've got the money, you can be there. And then that sort of defeats the, op- the option of uh, a top four race if you can buy yourself into this league every year to win millions. And, and at the end of the day, you you win money. So... I don't know. It, it's just it's just ruining something that doesn't need to be ruined. Um, for me, um, I'm I'm not surprised. I, um, you know, I, I was I was very um, I was very skeptical about the whole the, the um, obviously the project big picture originally, and, and now this. I, I knew it just seems to be obviously you know um, Liverpool. Um, and Man United, um, they're just looking at any way they can to obviously, you know, to um, well, it's to, um, also the game. It's also Arsenal, Chelsea, City, yeah. and Spurs. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I, I mean, well. it, it, but the, the clubs which you know, if you go online right now, you know, the ones is Liverpool and Man United. They're the, they're the two at the top. They're the ones that the press are reporting. It's only in the small print you'll see the other clubs as well. I want to know. To be fair, sorry. I want to know why we haven't been invited. <laughs> Not yet, anyway, mate. But I mean, it, it's true. It's like it's like uh, if you're setting up an elitist sort of thing, it is it's discrimination for the other clubs. It's like, oh yeah, we're not going to invite Leeds. So we we invite Real Madrid and Barcelona, but yeah, yeah. it just, well, it's it just all, like, it's all the... money, isn't it? That's yeah, what it's it comes all, down to. It's all to. about the clubs which have been, you know, um, traditionally at the, you know, um, at the top of the game over the last ten, fifteen years or whatever, so forth. I mean, look. It's it's a massive problem, and obviously you know um, Liverpool um, and Man United. I, I, look, I said it last last week. Liverpool are looking at ways um, where they can be number one, um, and you know that's why they're initiating this, and that's why they tried to initiate the last project. 
Um, for me, I think what the, what the way they look at things, they've they've, um, they've succeeded in everything they wanted to do on the pitch, and they're now trying to be that team which initiates some sort of change in football off the pitch, so they be, become the number one club. Um, Man United, um, I mean, without going in depth for them again, they just seem to be at anything which um, obviously brings in more revenue, um, which m- most Man United fans know it's not for the good of the game. Um, and a lot of that money will come out of the game. Um, it's appealing for some of the other clubs again because it's, it's more money. Um, then you, you look around Europe, you know, I can see how it's going to be appealing for some clubs. PSG will do anything they can to get out of their league because it's just not competitive enough for them. Well, it's, appealing, it's, it's appealing for Man United, isn't it? Because you actually get to play the top European clubs again. <laughs> <laughs> we have got PSG tonight, so um, we are playing them. Um, I think League Um would probably welcome it as well um, because if they could get rid of PSG out of their league, um, you know, it makes their league again competitive. Um, I've been saying it for a long time. Barcelona, their business model has just not been good at all. You know, and th- they have to be on the verge um, of some sort of financial crisis. Um, yeah. So this would be an absolute bailout for them. Real Madrid, um, Real Madrid, you know, as long as the money is good enough for them, they'll get involved. Um, then you look at Germany and Bayern Munich and, you know, it's no secret that the German teams are very much um, envious of what happens in England in terms of the, um, the TV revenue. Um, so it's, a, it's appealing for them. Um, and then you, and then exactly the same for um, Juventus. So, so it, it's a, this is a real, real possibility that this could go through. I don't think... What, ha- what happens to the Europa League then? Well, the Europa League, I mean, these Just guys don't dies. care about the Europa League. These are, these are teams that don't have any aspirations of being in the Europa League anyway. So yeah. not to be um, rude, but they don't care what happens to the Europa League. That's, that's UEFA's problem. Yeah. Um, what they're thinking about is obviously, you know, very, very selfishly from their own, each individual close point of view. And so it's appealing for them. Um, you know, you, you mentioned of something to me, John, like off, off air, what happens to like the top four race and stuff? I mean, how do teams actually qualify for this tournament? Because um, I think if they're trying to push it through for uh, 2022, they're looking to for teams to invite. So if you've got the most buck, you're on the list sort of thing so there's no yeah. sort of I mean, there's yeah, no the, sort of option to yeah, qualify there's going to be some sort of qualifying criteria but i mean regardless of whether it is it's, it's just not good and as i said it, it, you know, liverpool now their owners are really showing their cards you know it wasn't long ago that this this um these same obviously um fenway sports group they were they were trying to furlough stuff um and now they're just coming up with all initiating all these different projects and it's all aimed at just generating more revenue you know um you know, I've looked into it, you know, and I don't, obviously, I don't know how truthful this is, but it looks like it's backed by JP Morgan. So it just looks like, you know, um, the US are trying to literally um, control um, the, the game. And it's not really, not even a national thing, it's an international thing, the whole game in general and change the whole structure of what we know, which will be appealing to some clubs. Um, but, you know, what does it mean for the other clubs? What does it mean for the other clubs that we know as traditionally big clubs, like the Leeds United and stuff, you know? What does it mean for them, who've only just got themselves back into the Premier League? So I don't see it sitting well with us here in, in England. I feel we, we would we would definitely be opposed to it. I'm opposed to it already because I know exactly where how our club think about things. It's not for the, the good of um, of the club um, long term. Um, so, yeah, we have to sit back and see. But um, just like I said last week, I don't think this will go through. But, you know, um, what might may come from it is that, um, that UEFA will probably have to start, you know, um, 
the money what's given out already to the clubs, they might have to start increasing that um, as like some sort of like something to entice them back, you know, back to um, the current structure that we've already got. So they, they they win both ways. The clubs, um, you know, I mean, they either get more money from breaking away or they get money, more money from staying. That's probably what's going to happen because you know there's definitely a real um, possibility that these clubs could break away because you know if you look outside of the Premier League, these other clubs, um, that is this is something that they would um, probably welcome because you know it brings a lot more you know, a lot more benefits to them maybe, as opposed maybe. to how we see things in this country. Maybe these hundreds of pounds that are being um, for winning and participating in this this style of league or tournament, however they're publicising it, maybe that is the answer to some of these lower league struggles and finances and actually um, feeding money back down the pyramid. Like, we, there's not really much information out there at the minute, is there, other than, like, it's JP Morgan financing this four and a half billion pound. Like, mm -hmm. you haven't commented nothing on it. It's meant to be a FIFA-backed... Um, uh, meant, meant to have backed it and actually come up with a structure for it. Yeah. So if these big clubs do want to pay their way into this and, and feed a bit of that money back down into the leagues. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is just in its infancy at the moment. We, we, don't, we don't know anything. We're all speculating. And I, mean, I don't know any information more than what I've said, I've said here. And we will find out uh, more, as obviously, over the coming days. But... Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think, I don't think it's going to get over the line. I think this is going to be another one of those, um, one of these projects that, you know, it's going to get spoken about. Um, but I'm, ho I'm hoping anyway, because I, I don't like, I don't like the idea. I don't think we need, we don't need to break. I don't think anything's really wrong with the, um, the Champions League You're format. You're going to lose all the history. You're going to lose all the history of it. Yeah. yeah. Once we... I mean, they've lost the history already. Right? I mean, the, the European Cup, you know, the, you know, they changed that to the Champions League. You know, the old European Cup used to be only the champions made it in there. There were people who were happy with that. Um, then the, obviously the Champions League come around and now you, you're getting to see your teams playing against more of the good teams around, obviously the better teams around Europe. So, yeah, I, um, think, I think the problem with that though is obviously like the European Cup, I think it was also a knockout style format back in the day as well. Yeah. And then the game has not only evolved, but obviously it's got, you know, bigger in, in much wider countries. So you see the likes of, you know, like the Swedish champions and, you know, th that kind of team. And although, you know, they're one of the more favourable draws in the Champions League, they still get the opportunity to play uh you know those those bigger teams, and you yeah. know again, it's 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 evolved into a, you know a group phase and then knockout. But essentially, what this would be doing is this is replacing your entire domestic season because what they're proposing is eight, 16 or eighteen teams, home and away fixtures, which would mean a full season. So the only right. way to do that is basically a within a get season. rid of your yeah yeah. Essentially, right. they wouldn't be playing Premier League anymore. That would no. be their league. Same mm. with Serie A and all the other leagues. All the top teams would essentially be in this one European Super League. And I'm just literally reading some of it now. What they're saying is as part of the blueprint, the founder clubs would not be relegated for 20 years, although <laughs> the remaining teams would be subject to being replaced depending on their league position at the end of the season. So it's an absolute abomination. I'm going to say mm. that because yeah, it it, is. I don't think it's going to happen. I think, again, I think this is just have, going to have too much comeback. Um, yeah. But, you know, how are these things even going this far? I get that they want to have conversations about ideas and proposals, but, you know, this this seems to have gone quite far already. Do you know what I mean? And It's, it's just, just one, word, um, one word, yeah. Aaron. Money. 
and that's it the is, reason why it's, it's funny and it, it's yeah. greed and that's all yeah, it comes yeah, down to. Yeah. Um, I guess that's, the only thing is to. that Leeds and West Ham might have a chance of winning the Premier League if all these teams <laughs> retain. Irons. We may laugh at that, but that might be true. It might be true. Yeah, but then years to come. Taking away from winning the Premier League, then, isn't it? Yeah, yes, no. Like, it, it just take, it completely takes away from it. Yeah, it becomes worthless. It yeah. really, it really does, though. Like you know, put a bit of a cloud over um over, over like Liverpool. As I said, it was only um only a week ago that they were like drawing up proposal of um reforming you know the English game, and it, and it was for the better of the English game. And here they are, one week later now, coming up with um new proposals, breaking away from it. You know what is what is it there? What are they trying to achieve there? Um, I, I really don't know. Um, uh, but I don't well, like it. Again, it's just that that um, you know, making the monopoly almost yeah. untouchable because at the minute there is a monopoly, but you know who's to say in five, ten, fifteen years those teams might switch around. I mean, if you look at sort of the more recent history, and we'll even go back to to Leeds. Yeah, like before they went down. They were sort of a top six, seven side. Chelsea were six, seven side. And it was Arsenal, Man United dominating. Obviously, City got taken over. Chelsea got taken over. And it switched a little bit. Then, obviously, Liverpool have have now back up to where they used to be many years ago. And now Spurs are up there. And it will continue to change. You'll have certain teams dropping off and coming up. Everton this year, all right, it's very early days. And they've not probably not got the, the quality that... That the other top teams have got, they've got Hammers Rodriguez and ha- had a good start, but they're not maybe g- they're going to probably drop off. But you know, if they have this Super League, it just really, um, you know, how do you break that? Because they're going to have hundreds of millions every year coming in. They can't be relegated for two decades. You're going to see the same teams. Yeah, it's just going to be boring. It's going to get boring. Yeah. It yeah, wouldn't get boring. You'd still see like fantastic games and stuff like that, but you know. Um, yeah, but when when like Real Madrid play Manchester United, or when like Barcelona play Bayern Munich, every season it's an occasion. And if this league comes into play, it's just going to be the norm, and it won't be special anymore. Yeah, it takes away from yeah. it. It, it, yeah. it would take something away from it. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I still think it would be fantastic games. But I mean, all is designed that really. Because I said the reason why I mentioned obviously about the Champions League and, and, and look, I'm in I'm in favour of the Champions League. Like you said, some of the smaller teams are now getting a chance to play, you know, against, against some of the bigger teams. But I do remember when it first came about, um, and, and exactly what we have sort of conversation we're having now with the conversations back then. You know, why change it? You know, we've got this format. And it, you know, there's no need for any change. But the change has actually been for the better in the end. You know, you, you're seeing a lot more games. Um, these teams, are, you know, even like the group games that United have um, got tonight with PSG, then they're going to also guaranteed game with um, Leipzig. But obviously, that wasn't um, that wasn't possible under the old format. It was a knockout competition. So, um, so I think this new competition, I don't think it would be boring regardless, you know, because it would be good teams playing good teams. But at the end of the day, um, you know, is it for the benefit of the of the game as a whole? And the answer has to be no. It's not for the benefit of the game as a whole. It's just a you know, it would help the elite to stay the elite. You know, being in the league where they can't be relegated for twenty years is, is you know, that's not fair competition already. That's just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally against it. And uh, and like you said, Aaron, I, I don't see this going over the line. But like, how has it got so far down the line? You know so far down the line because there, there is a lot of greed you know what I mean within the game there's a lot of money in the game right now more money is, uh, is Covid to uh, help with this 
Well, I'll tell you there what. There was no COVID. I, I think this is absolute. Awful. Yeah, exactly. Just took the words out of my mouth, Leon. You know, the fact that we've got a global pandemic going on, and I know we're still playing Champions League football. I know we're still playing Premier League football. I know we discussed already that they want fans back. But then to propose, you know, a full season where clubs will be travelling every, you know, every week or every other week yeah. when the pandemic, it's just completely, um, oh, you know, out. They're just living out of this world, I think. You know, they they seem to be living in their isolated bubble and mm. that, oh, there's a pandemic going on. Oh, but it doesn't affect us. It just seems to be that arrogant sort of attitude that it doesn't apply to them. But yeah. um, whether this this has obviously been in the pipeline for more than, you know, the day that it's been broken today. Yeah, yeah of course, it's been in the pipeline. come out today, it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, right. maybe like John I said. I think it was leaked. It's been leaked. It probably has been leaked. Yeah. They was, yeah. was yeah. out at the end of the month. Yeah, I can't imagine that it would, you know, they they would plan to announce this the week after the, the last play. It just it wouldn't yeah. make any sense. You know, it's, 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 it, it totally contradicts what was being told last week. So it probably has been, it probably has been leaked, you know what I mean? But all the same, regardless whether it's been leaked or not, um, you know, we're not going to be the only people discussing this. I think any football channel that you, you go through, this is going to be like high on the agenda. Um, and, you know... I can't imagine no one's going to be really in favour of it. You know, I mean, me and John are supporting the clubs which um, which would benefit from it. And obviously, initially, um, and we're not in favour of it. And, you know, I just can't see it. I don't know who's really going to be in favour of it apart from some of the owners of the clubs. You know what I mean? Because the fans, this is not what they want. You know, you like fair competition. I mean, you were talking about the, you know, the Premier League right now, Aaron. But if you look at it, this is probably as competitive as it's been. You know, we've got a league season this year. I mean... We think that Liverpool, Man City might win it, but there's a realistic possibility that it won't be them. You it's, know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how right now. it's quite open yeah. at the moment. You know, it's kind of funny how um, how all these like uh, business and businessmen are sort of predicting the future with all these big six, but then football's hitting them straight back in the face. And then you look at all the leagues over the Europe, and the the sort of top clubs are not there. Or not where they should be at the moment. So it's it's kind of football is slapping them back into uh, to sort of reality sort of thing because they're predicting like all the big teams will come. But who's going to be a big team in in a few years time? I, I don't know. I, but it, again, as I said, I just don't see this getting over. I said there'll be more appeal around Europe than there will be in this country. Um, at the first place I thought of straight away was France. It, it suits PSG and it suits Ligue 1. It suits the, the, both of them. The quicker they can get rid of PSG out of that league, the better for them. That's not fair competition for them. Um, I mean, similarly in Italy, I mean, but, but the competition is still there. Even though Juventus have won the league six or seven times in a row, um, same for Bayern Munich, but the competition is still there. Um, but, um, but in France, yeah, they, they would like to get rid of PSG. And PSG, you know, they their owners as well, you know, they're not exactly skinned. I mean, they're going to be really behind behind this sort of thing but it's, it's I can't see it getting over the line I really can't and, well I hope not anyway I really I just I just think this is going to be another one of those things but at the same time um, I do feel that some of these clubs will probably benefit out of this anyway because you wait for in, in desperation will probably come up with um, some sort of like you know um, additional financial package for these clubs who, who are in the, um, the Champions League and the um, Europa League so they'll probably benefit out of it anyway because the, the money is there. There's so much money still coming through from, from, you know, from sponsorships and TV and so forth. So they're probably going to benefit anyway. We won't as fans. That's what I'm going to say. We won't benefit. 
I mean, the way I'm looking at it, in, in 20 years' time, like, I am probably going to be dead. So, if... <laughs> like, one chance, one in the next 20 years, that I can see Man United, Man United relegated, I'm not in favour of it. <laughs> and this is a good time for you now. This is a great time. Kurt, yeah. whilst you're on air, I hear once upon a time, you weren't always a Leeds faithful. In no. fact, you were a Manchester Red. Tell oh, us more. Oh, what? I was rebelling against my old man. I was a public person, <laughs> and my mum took me to Ellen Road, and I saw the light. <laughs> <laughs> He's got pictures of himself in the Man United kit and everything. His mum showed me. He looked so proud at the time. We might, His we might bedroom was even decorated as Man United, wasn't it, Kurt? No, I don't think it was that far. <laughs> we, we might have to put I'm that... I'm pretty sure that's what your auntie told me. Your what? bedroom was decorated. You had the wallpaper. Lies. <laughs> he doesn't want to admit that. Leon, you need to pick out a photo and we can put it as the podcast. It's all right, uh, man. It's all right. Photo. You know, I, I've got contacts with this guy's family. So he, he knows I can get it. It's fine. No. <laughs> and on that note, we'll leave yeah. it there. In something. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, just one thing I will just say. I mean, it doesn't have to be um, going the recording. Because um, this has been totally gone under the radar. Um, we've got a game against PSG tonight, um, which is a massive game. I was looking yeah. forward to it um, before I found out yesterday that we're going to Paris with um, no defenders. Harry Maguire has not travelled. What? Um, oh, my God. So, no, maybe injury. Um, Eric Bailly has not travelled. Um, literally, we've only gone there with just Lindhoff as a defender. He's the only <laughs> defender that's travelled out there. Um, you oh. mentioned Cavani. Cavani's not travelled as well. And I don't think Mason Greenwood's there. I have no idea what sort but of Bruno's team we're going to Bruno's captain, yeah. Yeah, you can cut this off. But, you know, I, I, I've got no idea. <laughs> I was just waiting to say it. But, you know, I've got no idea what sort of team we're putting out there tonight, you know. And you've got Mbappe and Neymar. And yeah. Cousins and you have to remember, this is a team that we beat in the most controversial circumstances. Um, Kurt remembers it. I watched it with Kurt. Um, they are going to be gunning for us. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. Um, mm. I mean, we should be looking forward to it because, you know, we have still got some good players. And I keep I keep reiterating this point that we have got good players and we can harm any team. But we're going there with no defence. I'm, 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 all I want to see is who's, going to, who's actually going to be in our starting lineup. Because as I said, we've only got one defender going there. We've got no other centre-backs even in the squad what's travelled. Just Lindorf. And he's not even... He's the guy that we've all been complaining about. I mean, everybody else moans about Harry Maguire, but like as a fan, Jones, Jones there. No, Jones is not there. He's not in the squad, and I would rather just play with ten men over there. That can be. Chelsea play tonight as well, don't they, John? Uh, they? Is it tonight or tomorrow? I can't remember. Uh, Sevilla. Yeah, that's going to be All a right. test. I'm not sure. I'm not uh, sure. That could be a banana skin for you boys, to be honest. Uh, oh yeah, it is tonight. Yeah, eight o'clock. Sevilla <laughs> at home. That's going to be... I mean, I still think Chelsea will... But then again, it'll be a tricky game. Yeah, but as I said, we've got a massive game today. I mean, had we gone there with Maguire after winning 4-1, um, you know, at the weekend, I'm not going to say we're confident because it's still PSG. They, I mean, they, they made it to the final. We know who they've got. But, you know, um, you'd still think that... They've always been a bit dodgy at the back, PSG. Um, so, you know, there's still, there's, there's still like, opportunities there to score, but... To think that we're going there with no defenders, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what Oli was thinking there. 
Um, I have no idea why he's not even brought, even like called up a kid or something. He's not called anybody up. He's literally gone there with just Lindorf as a um, defender. Yeah, it's, say, it's saying on my app that you might start with Twan Zabi. Well, Twan Zabi's been out. He hasn't played a game for a year. Been out injured. Oh. He hasn't. Not no. So I mean, I, I'd like him to play just because he's a defender. Um, he can't be any worse than like us throwing. I don't know Matic at the back or something. So you know. It's a, it'd be a real difficult game for that boy to come back into. I mean, Mbappe will be up front. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. and they don't come any quicker than that guy. So I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that because it's, it's because of everything else what's gone in football that's kind of gone under the radar that this game's on tonight. It's a massive game because you know um, before we play Chelsea, it's, it's massive. It's, I mean, everyone, all the eyes will be on United tonight. If we get spanked, what's he going to do for them around? I don't know. And we could easily you got us. Here. You got us next, so don't worry. Yeah, but you know, you guys are hot and cold, so you know, as we much are. as your joke jokes aside, you're still a very good team going forward. So, mm. you no, know, it's not a foregone conclusion for for any team in that game. We can beat you. You can beat us. It could be a draw. It's just uh, who turns up on the day, really. That's what that's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me done, guys.